Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Smut Report podcast. I'm Holly. I'm Erin. Oh, man. I'm Ingrid. (laughs) And we're the Smut Report, and we are putting up our dukes. And now it is time for our first duke bracket battle. And so we are super excited because today, Leopold Daughtry, VA from Eloisa James's A Duke of Her Own, is squaring off against Alexander Moncrief, Duke of Falconbridge, in What I Did for a Duke by Julianne Long. So let's get to it. report! Let's start by introducing the book. What I Did for a Duke by Julianne Long has the following blurb. For years, he's been an object of fear, fascination, and fantasy. But of all the wicked rumors that shadow the formidable Alexander Moncrief, Duke of Falconbridge, the ton knows one thing for certain, only fools dare cross him. And when Ian Eversee does just that, Moncrief knows the perfect revenge. He'll seduce Ian's innocent sister Genevieve, the only ever see as yet untouched by scandal. First, he'll capture her heart, and then he'll break it. But But everything about Genevieve is unexpected. The passion simmering beneath her cool control, the sharp wit tempered by gentleness. And though Genevieve has heard the whispers about the Duke's dark past and knows she trifles with him at her peril, One incendiary kiss tempts her deeper into a world of extraordinary sensuality until Genevieve is faced with a fateful choice. Is there anything she won't do for a duke? Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) I feel like the end of that needs that that reaction gif of like the cat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's exactly it. So this one, I think we was added because... Someone suggested it on social media. I had read books by Julianne Long in this series, the Penny Royal Green series. Had, e- had either of you read any of, no, of that no. series? So apparently I have read the first book in this series, but okay. I did not continue. The first book, though, is Colin Eversee is about to be hanged and he falls in love with like a thief or criminal. Maybe I and did read one of It's those. ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So it's super ridiculous. I I read that one was like, ooh. So I read a handful of them out of order 10 years ago, maybe. When I was reading this, I was like, oh man, I've definitely read this book before. You have? Yes. And, oh. and I didn't remember it, but like the scene where she gets the flowers, I was like, oh my God, I have read this book before. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Which is at least halfway into the book. Yeah. And like, I think the scene with the girl drawing the kittens, I was like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is sounding yeah. familiar. But yeah, so I definitely read a couple of them, but uh, clearly it didn't. this book did not stick in my head after 15 years. You pulled it in, Grid. I did pull it in, Grid. So in her other book, A Duke of Her Own by Eloisa James, I'll read the blurb since I have a paper copy. Well, Holly, you have quite the performance to live up to now i know i know i don't know if i can a duke must choose wisely leopold daltrey the notorious duke of va must wed quickly and nobly and his choices alas are few the duke of montague's daughter eleanor is exquisitely beautiful and fiercely va betroths himself to her without ado after all 
no other woman really qualifies. Lisette, the outspoken daughter of the Duke of Gilner, cares nothing for clothing or decorum. She's engaged to another man and doesn't give a fig for status or title. Half the tongue believes Lisette mad, and VA is inclined to agree. Torn between logic and passion, between intelligence and the imagination, VA finds himself drawn to the very edge of impropriety. But it's not until he's in a duel to the death fighting for the reputation of the woman he loves that VA finally realizes that the greatest risk may not be but in the bedroom All right. and the heart. That's the worst blurb for this book <laughs> I've ever read. <laughs> Number so one, wrong. I was just sitting there the whole time being like, inaccurate, inaccurate, not correct. That's not true. No. Yeah, it really is. I like I found this book at the bookstore and was like, well, you know, it'd be nice to have a copy. I can take pictures for Instagram. I really liked it. But I thought the same thing. Yeah, it's not correct. It's not correct. It's so not correct. So the blurb was awful. That's what we're agreeing. This doesn't it doesn't correlate to what is actually the problem in the story at all. No. Yeah, and it makes it sound like Lisette is the love interest. It does. Well, and to be fair, I think that one similarity that shocked me about these books is that there was a very specific alternative love, love interest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I've gone years without reading a love triangle that's that nail bitey, And then there were two of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In these books. It's crazy. So yeah. this one we pulled in because both Holly and I, and was this one? And Ingrid. Ingrid this is the also? One we all yeah. We yeah. all put this one in the hat. And I've definitely read this book before and not too, too long ago. I did a read of the whole Desperate Duchesses series maybe like 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I also read the whole Desperate Duchess series probably about 10 years ago. And there are a couple of them that I had reread since then. And VA is a pretty significant character throughout every book in that series. Yeah. So I hadn't reread this one, but I had reread others. So I did remember him. As a character, if not. So, what you're saying is that VA gets around. (laughs) Well, in the literary sense and in the bedroom sense. In the bedroom. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) So, we've got the blurbs, which may or may not be accurate, but I think it'd be fun for us to each summarize each book in one sentence. So, let's start with A Duke of Her Own. That's the Eloisa James with VA. Thank you. I'm ready. I wrote down a sentence because I knew that I had to because otherwise I would have a problem. (laughs) All right. A near-death experience and an uncomfortable reckoning with his past force VA to see about securing his illegitimate children's futures, but he can't see that his heart's desire is also the woman he needs to choose. That was more than one sentence. No, it wasn't. Okay, there's commas. Semicolon. Commas. <laughs> Lots of commas. <laughs> there's one huh. comma. This is an English class. All right, I'll go next. Yeah. <clears throat> Leopold Daughtry, Duke of Vier, is seeking a mother for his parcel of illegitimate children and is struck with the choice between a woman who is perfect for him in every way and a woman who seems perfect for his children in every way. But what will he choose? Mm-hmm. All right. Mine is, this book features a double-sided love triangle, triangles on both sides, with a duke who is not paying attention at all and cannot see that what he needs is right in front of him. Oh, that's a good Ooh, one. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. <clears throat> Nextly, 
the julianne long what i did for duke so my summary sentence is ian eversey messed with the duke of falconbridge's property so the duke is going to ruin something of ian's but genevieve outsmarts and fascinates him instead all right there we go all right here's what i got let's see here we go this one's harder for me because it was a little bit bananas Alexander Moncrief, the Duke of Falconbridge, accidentally stumbles upon his match in every way when he is trying to destroy his match's brother. And that's all I'm going to say. Go ahead, Holly. All right. So this book starts as uh, I'm courting you for revenge trope and then turns into uh, I'm going to act like I'm interested in you so that other guy will be interested in you instead. And ends with, and ends with sex education. Oh, yes, there is Yeah, that. This is why this book was bananas. It's a lot of tropes going on here. And I just want to say that I feel like this is going to be a really difficult choice when we're deciding who will move forward because the Eloisa James book, I thought is better in every way, except Falconridge might be a dookie or do. I disagree completely. <laughs> And I will fight you on that. Oh, right. interesting. <laughs> you have a horse in this race, though, Ingrid. You picked VA to win the whole thing. I did pick VA, but remember that I didn't know anything about it when I picked it. So <laughs> that I am correct is just a lucky cherry on the top of my correctness Sunday. So honestly, I felt like VA was going to win before I started. And I agree. They came a little bit closer than I expected. However, one absolutely enormous hang-up that I have about the Julianne Long is that what the fuck is even happening with the forms of address in that book? Oh, Aaron. She Aaron. calls him Moncrief all the time. She yeah, calls Millicent Lady whatever her name is and not Lady Millicent. And I was just like, is she a baroness in her own right? Wait, Genevieve calls Lady Millicent Lady Bagstones or whatever? Yeah. Lady and last the name? ball in particular, or whatever that first night event that they have, all the men are calling her Lady Burbage, Baybridge, whatever her name is. They're yeah. call- and I was just like, no. And then they're like, my Lord Moncrief. And I was like, no. Technically, the equal of a duke can just refer to a duke as duke. You don't have to say your grace if you are the equal of a duke. And also, I'm not going to get super finicky about like, if they were just saying they were friends and they were just like, hey, Moncrief. Like, okay, fine. He goes by his surname instead of his first name or his title. Whatever. Like, that happens Mm -hmm. sometimes. But the fact that they're calling him my Lord Moncrief. Yeah. Nobody there was his friend. Right. Nobody there was his equal. He made a big deal. They made a big deal of clarifying that he was very, very high in rank above every single person there. Yeah. Yeah. But and I was just like. Okay. But Aaron, none of that is relevant as to whether or not. He's a satisfying Duke. I know. And I thought about that while I was reading and I don't care. I don't know if I can get over it. All right. Valid point. Now, we had specific criteria to guide us in this on what kind of Dukey Dukes we were looking for. So, Aaron, what what were the things we were looking for? So, what we were talking about when we were looking at these Dukes, what we expect to see in a Duke is that he's not necessarily really well behaved. He is rooted in power. This is because of his institutional power, uh, his social power, the fact that he's at the top of a pyramid of social hierarchy by himself. He might be wealthy, he might not, but he is 
at the very least, emotionally isolated by this power, if not by also his past trauma. So that's the primary characterization. I think these books were interesting because in the case of the Eloisa James in particular, we have two dukes vying for Eleanor's attention and in appearance and personality, they are presented very differently. Mm -hmm. And Falconbridge resembles VA. Uh, He's not like an an angelic cherubic looking man so i think it's not just how he behaves it's also like his presentation his mien his appearance Mm -hmm. and how that is presented as making him more dukish as well okay well so let's let's talk about this so i mean so you said a couple of things right so you said you mentioned power societal power isolation socially and emotionally and appearance so like right. let's let's start with appearance, okay? So both of these guys have kind of the same kind of appearance vibe, which is dark, forbidding, maybe kind of ugly. VA is described as brutish. Yes. Several times. Strong noses. They both have very strong noses. Strong <laughs> noses, hypermasculine, black yes. hair that's going gray. Mhm. Mhm. And that's yeah. true. They both have like black hair that's going gray. <laughs> Which yes. at the time they're constantly also compared to more cherubic, angelic yeah. boy men. Blonde curls. Blonde mm-hmm. curls. Yes. So they're definitely like there's something happening in both books where that's the that's the description. Yeah. So there's that. And then in addition, I don't think Falconbridge's clothes are ever described, but VA is also really defined by how he dresses. Yes, well, right. VA is Georgian, and That's true. the best I could tell is Falconbridge is is like post early post- Victorian. Yeah. Oh, you think so? Well, what did you think? Oh, I thought they don't it have was, trains. Yeah, I thought it was kind of like post Waterloo Regency. Well, but that's like what none I, of the none of the clothes are really described, so it's right. really hard to tell. And they're just kind of out in the country in a house. But that's true. Okay, so Eloisa James, it's a Georgian, and the clothes are a huge part of these books. And yes. the clothes are a huge part of VA's personality because he wears these amazing coats mm-hmm. that are just like bright jewel tones and covered in embroidery. Yes. Gold thread everywhere. Gold thread everywhere. Gold lace. buttons. Lace. Tons of lace. And he's so hyper-masculine in his appearance. He has huge shoulders. He has really muscular thighs. He's like He's got a six-pack. <laughs> Yeah, a six like, pack. What? Uh, which is weird, very weirdly revealed in a point of view scene of his son while he's yeah. taking a bath. <laughs> but, no, it's when they're he's when he's fighting. It's when he's fighting with the oh, sword teacher. Oh, okay, you're right. It is, but it's still from the point of view of his son, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's discussed several times because it's also admired by Eleanor, and then it's brought up again when he gets in the bath along with his pickle or whatever they call it yes pizzle right but he's like hyper masculine and then he wears these almost feminine foppish clothes but it doesn't matter because it's like they make him even more hyper masculine because he's just like look how powerful i am and look how much money i have yeah spend on these clothes and his son is like those clothes make you look like a pansy (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) which is honestly it's probably a more modern interpretation of his appearance than would have 
been true at the time. Well, right. but they do. She does account for that because she says that the issue isn't necessarily like that the clothes would be fine. It's just that he is so innately powerful, like in his shoulders and his face and like the way that he carries himself, that it doesn't look right. Do you know what I mean? So that's what's said about it. Because they even make a comment later when he he's wearing something else that's more like to our modern taste that he looks a bit somber, but it just, you know, it makes sense. Yes. So that's appearance. Yeah. So I think also it's interesting that both of these Dukes are presented, at least initially, as not good men. Yeah. Mm. In the case yeah. of Falconbridge, I mean, it starts out and his whole purpose is revenge. He is pretty despicable for the first several chapters. Yeah. And VA, at the point we start his story, he has been forced to come to terms with a lot of his prior life choices in the previous books. So he almost died in a duel with the hero of the first book and then in the fifth book i was trying to think of why he had a pov scene in this book though because i remember it when he's down at the thames and he finds his son mudlarking Mm -hmm. and he's like whoa 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 this was not what i thought that i had done and he's ashamed of how he ignored his responsibility. So as this book opens, like he has this history of being ruthless and selfish and rude. Selfish is kind of the key thing. Yeah. He has six illegitimate children. And the plot that's going on is he, he's found four of them. Oh, and his solicitor took the money and ran and told him that he was, you know, paying for the kids, but actually wasn't. So the kids all ended up in really horrible situations. And at this point, I think he's tracked down four Except for four one, who is still with her mother. Right. He's tracked down four of them, and three are in, have been brought into his household. I think the oldest is 13, and the youngest are a five or six. Mm-hmm. And in this book, he's finding the last two, who are twin girls, who are in an orphanage, and also trying to court the mother for them. But he says, oh yeah, I know that there's contraception available. I just chose not to use it. Because I didn't feel like I had to, mm-hmm. you know, and he doesn't care about these kids. And then he, in an earlier book, he kind of has a crisis of conscience and starts looking for them. So now he's kind of, in this book, he's found most of them, is finding the final two. And But you're saying the point is, is that they're, yeah. they don't, they start out and they're not great people. But it, what I right. found hilarious about that point is mm-hmm. that they're not great people but the mothers, like the older generation in both of them are like, oh, oh, you're here. I'm so honored and flattered. Oh, you're awful. But it's okay because you're a duke. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So like they, they almost like don't even know what to do because they're like, oh, great. Well, it's not the best one, but you're a duke. So hooray, here you are. Like they don't really know what to do. And it's really funny because the duke is just like, yep, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for getting us back on track. Anyway, but so because VA is not a great person because he's selfish, Mm -hmm. I would say, is his main thing. But Falconbridge is not a great person because like everyone is afraid of him. Yeah. That he's like fought a bunch of duels, but we don't really know why. And everyone thinks he killed his first wife and he like has no friends. Does nothing to ingratiate himself with anyone. Yeah, Yeah. petty and vengeful, petty and vengeful. And scary, right? And there's like a scene at the ball where like everyone's kind of scared of of him. 
And, you know, he gets cornered into talking with a young woman and he's like, everyone says I poisoned my wife for her money. He's like, well, I didn't do it for the for money. money. <laughs> <laughs> and he and he's like, people look at me and want to be scared. And so that's what I give them. Yeah, he does say that later. So both of these dukes are presented as not good men. But when we actually get into the weeds, how did you feel about them? Because most of the story is that they're actually not that bad of men, if you like get to know them. Well, they're pieces of work, but they're honorable for the most part. Or they find their way to being honorable. Like, VA is trying really hard. He he really doesn't know what he's doing because he's used to just being self-centered and doing whatever the hell he wants. But he's trying to put these kids first to his to his own detriment. Like, he's trying really hard to, like, keep his eye on the prize here. And then with Falconbridge, it's not like they even have a discussion about him making the other bow jealous. He just decides he's going to do it. They don't mm-hmm. talk about it. He's just like, oh, look over here. Like, do this. And I, some of that could be attributed to him p- potentially being, you know, like liking to play with people a little bit. But he keeps doing it and he sends with the flowers and stuff because he starts recognizing that like there's an injustice being done here. There's a woman here who's not being seen for who she is. By anybody. Not only by yeah. the person that she's in love with, but by her entire her family. Her parents, her whole family. Like nobody is seeing this girl. And so he's like, woman. I mean, she's young, but I don't think that – I think that this is an age gap romance where it's. it didn't feel like – there was some education happening, but it was, I don't know. It didn't give me the ick, which normally I have a very low threshold for ick with age gaps. So the point is, is that I feel like he did kind of start to show that he was using his petty vengeful talents for good and rather than evil Falconbridge was. See, what I thought was interesting in these two books is, in terms of their goodness is that VA is now trying to reckon with his past bad actions and do the best he can, given the situation that he's created himself, right? And he's trying to live a new kind of moral life. So he's, I guess, kind of at the beginning, he's already had this change of heart, and he's trying to deal with it. Whereas Falconbridge, it's revealed that he was never as evil as people made him. He has deep trauma, right? right? That he didn't kill his wife. His wife died in front of him of anaphylactic shock after eating shellfish, like four months after their infant son had died. And that he just kind of closed himself off due to grief and that he was never a bad person. And because of that, he erected these stones around him. And you say, and I want to say maybe, he was never a bad person, but he does do some like really awful stuff. I think I was wondering book. how he was going to come, how he was going to get past those first few chapters, because just the concept of Ian Eversee tried to sleep with my fiance, so I'm going to ruin his sister is entirely 100% rooted in the idea that these women are property. Yeah. And that was gross it is and it's gross. not even just it's not even like he does break up with his fiance and she has consequences as well and he's extremely ruthless about that but he is almost holding ian more accountable for the dissolution of his engagement than he is holding his fiance accountable and she's the one who made promises to him and his revenge is to ruin ian's sister Although I guess there's some ambiguity because he says stuff like, 
well, Ian, you don't know if I'm actually going to ruin her or if I'm just going to make you think that I'm going to ruin her and make you uncomfortable for the entire house party. Although in his mind, I think he does say, no, I'm going to ruin her. So I interpreted that as his intentions were not good. No, his intentions were not good. No, his intentions weren't good. Of course they weren't good. But on the flip side of that, I think that the reason it works is because of Genevieve, which side note, both Eleanor and Genevieve are really sharp-witted, smart women who are not afraid to call these dukes on their baloney, which shouldn't surprise anyone. I suspect, prediction, that we're going to see a lot of heroines that are like that because mm-hmm. of the duke power thing. But here's here's the thing. It's not just Falconbridge who sees Genevieve for the first, like, in you know, like, as she really is. It's also that Genevieve sits there, checks him out, clocks him immediately. It's like right off of that and calls him out on it. So like both of them are in a position where they're seeing each other and that's why the trope shifts. And that's why the, that feeling shifts because mm-hmm. when we see people and we see the humanity and like the actual person that someone else is, you can't treat them like property. Yeah. So I think that's why it works. Now it, it's more complicated in the other book because with VA and Eleanor, he does see her as part of who she is, but he fails to see her as a whole person because as he even says in his mind, he has such a bad example of what a mother is that he can't see a woman as a woman who is also a mother. He's only able to see mother or sex partner, <laughs> not both. So mm-hmm. see, yeah, he does have like a weird Madonna whore complex split between these two Absolutely, he does. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes. So anyway, I think that seeing each other, like really seeing the person that you're with as a whole person is kind of a thread throughout both of these books, which again, how do we do this? How do we do this? We (laughs) make the best book matches. We're book matchmakers. (laughs) Can we talk about money for a minute? Because I think this is also interesting. Yeah, they're both very wealthy. Well, we should talk about power and we should talk about money and society both because I think that they're hand in hand. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Okay, so they're both super powerful and they're both powerful because of money. And they're both, they both have money because of this like late capitalist thing (laughs) because they're good at math and they're good at numbers and it's like VA spends time with his estate manager each week managing his finances like an hour a week (laughs) so much work and that's why he's wealthy and Falconbridge I guess there's also some like hints that he does investing and he's really good at gambling Mm -hmm. but it's like both of them are wealthy not because of all the land and like their feudal power like we're not talking about that we're very much in we have to make them wealthy in a way by that, their own virtue. Yes. By their own virtue in a way that 21st century readers can understand and relate mm-hmm. to and like recognize is similar to billionaires, basically. Honestly, like VA is probably wealthy because he's enclosing all his land. Not right. Like, right. Yeah. Let's, like let's be real, but we're not talking about it that way. Yeah. Like let's yeah. not talk about how you're treating your tenants. Yeah. I mean, these are definitely books in which there's the fantasy of power and it does not grapple with any of the rest of the political situation that's happening, which is something that we're seeing pushback against in more recent books. And these were both published. These were published two years apart. Uh, Duke of Her Own was published in 2009 and What I Did for a Duke was published in 2011. So they are older. 
Yeah. Oh, and I think neither of them hold their seat in Lords. Like, VA very right. explicitly is just like, meh, can't be bothered. <laughs> yeah. I have, like, money trumps the king any day and I have lots of money. Oh, so. yeah. That was a yeah. very interesting comment that he made. Which, yeah. yeah. Like, also very late capitalism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, it just seems like Falconbridge was more like, I can't be bothered because I'm so busy Being isolating back. myself in my grief. Yeah, with my, like, thousands Piles of, of money. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one thing that I thought was interesting and fun and kind of perfect about VA. And I'm going to read the quote. So this is a Tobias point of view. After they're, after he watches his dad fencing, uh, and VA is just, like, really not charming to his fencing instructor. So <laughs> goes, Tobias had learned a lot about the natural order in the months since VA had plucked him out of a back street in Wapping and brought him to the mansion. Dukes were gods and servants were rubbish. Gentlemen were somewhere in between. Bastards were at the very bottom of the heap. But as far as Tobias could tell, VA treated everyone as if they were rubbish. Yeah. And I was like, that's the Duke. Yep, <laughs> that's the Duke. <laughs> well, and this is where I'm going to throw down about why I think VA wins. This is what it is. His, the whole story for him is that the actions he's taking that start off the book happen because his dukely power, I guess, is threatened. Because all of a sudden, it's not just that he has one bastard and that he's ignoring them, which would be forgiven. It's that he's got six. He's got six and he's not going to ignore them. And he knows he can get away with it because he's a duke, but he also knows that his power, like where he is on the social hierarchy is threatened by this and so he needs to bring in somebody else to shore up his power and because of that it can only be a duke's daughter yeah and it's not just shore up his own power but for his shore up the legacy of his power right nobody's gonna shun him right but he needs a partner so that nobody would dare shun his kids yeah right yeah which flat out we we asked ourselves in the last podcast could this book happen without this character being a duke or without the duke factor this mm-hmm. book absolutely not this is a duke situation because you could say you could do the same thing with like a marquee or whatever oh well we have to marry well for our children or whatever but he, there are so many conversations about why it has to be a duke's daughter or why she has to marry a duke you know, you know what i mean it's part of like right. it's interwoven into the story it's not just yeah. some power it's all the power and for a good yeah. reason so that's my that's why I say this one wins. I I agree with that. And I think actually when we look at all of these down the line, it might be harder than we expect to say this person has to be a duke. I'm curious to know how that's going to pan out honestly with all these books. Because could Falconbridge have been a marquis like probably Is it marquis or marquis? In French, it's Marquis, but in English, it's Marquis. M-A-R-Q-U-E-S-S is pronounced Marquis. All right, well. Although in romance novels, they're usually called Marquis because like in romance novels, they're usually Marquis, even even set in English. Yes. How to Marry a Marquis is not called How to Marry a Marquis. Because his title is actually a Marquis. You know what I have? Huh? You know how nerdy I am? I have an 1812 facsimile copy of Debrett's Peerage. You were such a nerd. Oh my god. (laughs) And there are a couple of marquees 
in England, but the majority of them are marquises. And there are fewer marquises than there are either dukes or earls because earls come from the Scandinavian Yarl, yeah, Jarls. Yeah. yeah. Um, and dukes okay. come from France. So they come after Billy the Conk. Okay. All right. But setting all that aside, yes. I do think Falconbridge could have been any kind of lord. And like the fact that he's higher rank is important in a few scenes with balls with people around the neighborhood. But when he's actually interacting with the people at the house party, who I think are just like, they're gentlemen, lords, gentlemen. Yeah. Right. No, I, uh, Jacob like, Percy doesn't have a title. Okay, so they're gentry. Yeah. He could be a Marquis. He could he could be a baron. And as long as he has the scary reputation and more money than them, then you would have the same dynamic. I now, think. I'm going to counter my own point here and say this. It's not just the question of could this book work if he, this person wasn't a duke? It's not just about like the strategy of the way the book unfolds. I just think in this case, it was set up perfectly because VA embodies the Duke personality wise, his aura, the way that he interacts with other people, the way that he looks down on people, the way that mm-hmm. his money, all of it. He's he's very Duke. It's across the board, right? But I think Falconbridge, to counter my own point, part of the reason it works for him as a Duke is in that scene that scene where he finally cracks, you know what I mean? And he's like, well, it's, it's good because I love you too. And his hand is shaking, like he's shaking. Mm -hmm. And it's because, oh my gosh, this poor guy is like, he's a Duke. He had to take a chance. There were these moments where I was like, okay, yeah, it works because he's like this Duke who's brought down. So there will be ways as we read these other books that I think this, our evaluation will shift like Aaron said. But I think in this case with VA, this is a really good starting example because it's strategically in the way that the book is written, does it work? In the character, does it work? How he interacts with other people, does it work? Financially, how does it work? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And yeah. I think Yay hits it all. Which is why I think he's my... Isn't he the one that I think is going to win? Yes. <laughs> so there you go. This is why I win. <laughs> all I do is win, 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 no matter what. And I'm going to. So. Yeah. I, mean, me. and I think, though, for Falconbridge, a key thing... We haven't really talked about isolation. Mm-hmm. And because Falconbridge is very isolated. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. And I think VA that's is not. VA I, is not. I, so wait, though. Well, wait, I mean, though. VA, right. VA has tons of friends, but he, I mean, he's kind of like, he doesn't have tons of friends, but VA goes out in society. At this point, he has like made up with his best friend. So he like has his right. bestie again, but he is isolated in terms of he doesn't have anybody who's his equal. Mm-hmm. right right but except for he's Elijah. not yeah. except for right even astley who's another duke va is like Ugh, astley you're yeah. a puppy whatever yeah and i guess i think astley is younger maybe 10 years younger than he is but Falconbridge is so isolated he's so socially isolated and i feel like that scene that ingrid is referring to where there's the love declaration and he's really scared about it it is scary, but it's not just because he's a duke. It's just because he's isolated and like has no, he has no human companionship besides Genevieve. He, he is more, Falconbridge is more of an old school duke. Yes. He's, he's like an wealthy. Old school. He mm-hmm. looks like a duke. He is isolated both socially because of his title mm-hmm. and power and wealth. There is no one above him except for the royals and maybe even not then because they're always running out of money. Yeah. (laughs) And 
he is also isolated by virtue of the fact that he is dealing with really intense trauma. Mm-hmm. I yeah. think also it I've, said he went and fought in a war and I'm like, what kind of dupe <laughs> is fighting in a war and it has like powder burn on his face? Like what is happening? That's I miss that. That's crazy. Yeah, I remember yeah. that, but he, I did. I forgot like, about um, it. He has a powder scar on his face from when he fought. And he specifically says, I fought in the war. They have to fight in a war. They have, you know, because otherwise, you know, yeah. what are they even worth? Well, I do want to counter the isolation, though, because I think VA is isolated to a certain extent. It's just that we're seeing him at a time where he is less isolated Mm -hmm. because he talks about how there have been periods in his life where he was extremely isolated. That's Um, true. And I think that that's part of why he's bungling this wife finding situation so badly is because he doesn't want to be isolated he knows strategically he it's a bad idea to remain isolated and now he's having to figure out how to unisolate himself yeah i mean and eleanor does tell him your clothes are a costume yeah your clothes are a shield i guess they both have they both have shields right and falcon bridges is an aura of i'm scary and va's is his luxury dissipation vibe yeah and it doesn't it doesn't keep people away in the same way he like he knows how to socialize when he goes to a party he knows how to make small talk falcon bridge doesn't know how to make small talk or chooses not to chooses not to i think to a certain extent he's just like i'm not gonna play with you yeah i still even though i'm saying this was well executed i still pick va for the duke bracket it's va so i'm right okay so (laughs) (laughs) so my argument i also pick VA. And in this case, I think it is because, as Ingrid pointed out, this book in particular is definitely designed to be about a Duke. And also his entire character, it's not, I mean, he has, he has his upbringing that was difficult and he has his own challenges, but The reason that he behaves the way he behaves is because he's a duke. Yeah. It's not because he is dealing with trauma or any other external factors that could happen to to anyone. So that's why I'm in favor of this particular one falling in VA's favor. I can't guarantee that I will necessarily make the same argument in the future because I don't know what's going to happen in the next several challenges, but... I'll try to be consistent. Yeah. But what, Holly, after we had this discussion, what do you think? Oh, I mean, you texted us, Aaron, that VA is going to be hard to beat. Oof, and yeah. VA is going to be really hard to beat because I think you're right <laughs> that everything about him is about him being a Duke. And I said at the beginning that, you know, Falconbridge has Dukey characteristics. Dookie characteristics <laughs> has some things going. And I was thinking more that this is because Falcon Bridge is colder and more isolated. Mm-hmm. And I think it's because of my association with some of these old school ideas, right? Of romance heroes. And I think Falcon Bridge is tapping into them more mm-hmm. than VA is. Mm-hmm. But VA's characteristics are very specific to his dukedom. And so, so we're going to make Dookie a thing, right? Dookie yeah, is now obviously. an adjective. <laughs> yeah. I've never VA been more proud. is the dookiest duke, even if he says the word pizzle, which, <laughs> which is 
And really, based on his clothes and the pizzle talk, (laughs) excuse me, I would have, I would have docked points for that heavy docking of points. I still Mm -hmm. think VA was pretty good. He's pretty good. But you know what? I think the clothes make him even dookier. Like, honestly, like, I love his clothes. That's like my, my favorite thing about him is that he's just, he's like, I'm hyper masculine and I am going to wear a blue coat embroidered with peacock feathers. Deal with it. You know, I do have to say it's like like rock star vibes, right? Yeah, it is. It's Mick Jagger vibes. I I do think that's good. That's good. That's a good point. Oh, Mick Jagger. Except (laughs) except VA is bigger. Um, so I think we are all agreed that VA will be moving on in our bracket. Yes. Wait, does this rule anyone out? So I'm still in. I know I'm still in. Oh, uh, it rolls me out because I thought I thought VA was going to crash and burn only yeah. because this is basically the only book in the series that stands alone. Right. Every right, other right. book in this series is at least 25 percent about VA and his growth arc. And right. So you were like, how is this going to work? Yeah. Going from totally selfish to finding his kids. So, yeah, but I was like, how is this going to work? It makes sense. But there but was enough Holly- growth still in there that it worked for me. Yeah. I mean, yes, Aaron. You also picked the bottom half of the bracket to go all the way. So, oh well, then you're out for this round. I'm out for this round. It doesn't. I mean, because I think I had the long getting knocked out pretty soon after this. So yeah, so, yeah this one was going to be me. If 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 I lost this one, I was going to be out. So okay. So next week we're doing double Duke in disguise. So that that's not going to be confusing at all. We're <laughs> doing a Duke in disguise by Adra Richards which Ingrid suggested, and A Duke in Disguise by Cat Sebastian, which is going to be a much more different woke Duke situation. But I picked it because they have the same title, and I thought that would be fun. Yeah, we are all about fun here at the Smart Report. Yeah. All right. So until next time. Goodbye. Cheers from the Smart Report. Cheers from the Smart Report. You can find the show notes for this episode at smartreport.com. Smartreport.com slash podcast. And you can find us on our socials at smartreport. We're on Instagram and Twitter. And we have a Facebook account, but nobody ever looks at it. Keep it smutty, folks. Did I get it? Na 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 smart report.